Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. We continue this today with the series we started the beginning of the year. That is the foundation of eternal life. And I think probably it has been almost three weeks since we actually had hammered on this issue. It's been that long. So I think it would just really be worth it for us to have a short summary of what we've been talking about. The foundation of eternal life. That foundation which everyone who wants to see God must build on. Everyone who wishes to see God who desires to see God, must build on this foundation. Without it, it's the foundation of God. As a matter of fact, that is the foundation the kingdom of God is anchored on. The kingdom of God is anchored on righteousness and holiness. Without it, he said, no man can see it. Because God said it, and he continues to say it, and he will say it to the end. He said, I am holy. You also must be holy. There is no way to get to that point except we begin to Examine that foundation of eternal life. Eternal life, as we are told in John 17, 3, is to know him. And to know him is to love him. To love him is also to obey him. Without obedience, nobody knows God. And that is why he told us, give me John 8, please, 55. John 8, 55. Yes, sir. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. Mm-hmm. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. The only way I can claim, as a son of the living God, Jesus Christ himself saying, you know one thing? That's the only way I can tell you that I know my father. is because I obey him. I fear my father. Not afraid of him. Not afraid of punishment. The devil is afraid of punishment. But those who are of God, they fear God. In other words, the fear. That's why it's the foundation of eternal life. We're giving a summary before we get into what we're going to be talking about today. And that foundation is, go ahead, read me Deuteronomy 10, please, 12 and 13. It is the foundation of eternal life. It is the beginning and end of any relationship with God. Without it, it will not work. It is actually the beginning of the whole duty. There is no man or woman that can fulfill the whole duty of God that God has given without force. Building on this foundation. Yes. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13. Yes, sir. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. None of that. It's possible without the fear of the Lord. That's just, please get this. Without the foundation, one cannot even get to the point of loving God or obeying God. It's not possible. The fear of God must come in force. And that's what is also told us that that's the beginning of the whole duty. Give me Ecclesiastes, please, 12 13. Ecclesiastes 12 13. Yes. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Mm -hmm. Fear God. Fear God. And keep his commandment. 
for this is man's all. Fear God and keep his commandments. So that is the foundation of eternal life. And then we define, and remember this is just a summary, we define what is the fear of God by saying that the only way one fears God is that he decides or determines or vows to forsake or depart from any and all. I'm not even telling you one. Any and all evil deeds. Read me please Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 8.13. Yes. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, mm -hmm. pride and arrogancy, and, in the, and the evil way, and the fraud mouth do I hate. The fear of the Lord is to depart from that, whatever that is evil, whatever that smells like evil, whatever that appears like evil, whatever that works like evil is evil. There is no small evil or big evil. Evil is evil. Are we all together here? He said, that is the fear of the Lord. And understanding that, let me Job 28, 28, please. Job 28, 28. Yes. And to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Mm -hmm. And to depart from evil is understanding. It, behold man, the fear of the Lord is mere wisdom. I fear the Lord. I go to church. You go to church. Any, any, any fool can go to church. I'm just trying to tell you right now. I go to church. I live in church. Go ahead and do that. That's mere wisdom. But I do what God has commanded me to do. That's understanding. That's when you grab that understanding. He said, behold, man, the fear of the Lord, just to say it, it is only wisdom. But you know one thing? To depart from it, that is understanding. Are we all here now? Now that is understanding. And what is understanding? Understanding is actually, without this understanding, no man can be established. Spiritual understanding is what actually establishes us unto transformation. Without understanding, there will not be any transformation. Because transformation is what? What is transformation? Transformation is a mere fulfillment of something. Can anybody tell me? It's a fulfillment of the purpose of God according to his word, his own election. There are people he has chosen. If you look at, read me Romans 8, please, 28 to 29. Romans 8, 28 to 29. Yes. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be confirmed, sorry, to be conformed to the image of his son. There's people he has called for his own purpose. To fulfill one thing and one thing only. Without it, the calling is of no use. Without it, grace is of no use to anybody. To be conformed, to be transformed into the image of God. Without that transformation, nobody can see God. Because there is no way flesh and blood can enter into the kingdom of God. Do we, do we all have that together now? And then three weeks ago, and then the summary, a question came. And before that question, we, we answer it. Okay, we're going to really reveal exactly what we said three weeks ago. We talked about who is this person who desires, who is this person who desires actually to perfect his fear of God. This year is a year the Lord has called us to perfect the fear of him. Without being perfect in that fear of him, we cannot see him and we cannot deal with him. But who is this person? And then we read, we read Psalm, please. 15, go 1 to 4. 
Psalm 15, 1 to 4. Yes. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, mm -hmm. who may dwell in your holy hill, he who walks uprightly and walks righteousness mm -hmm. and speaks the truth in his heart. Hold on, hold on. Who is the one who walks uprightly and walks righteously? Yeah, I know that. But who is he? How can you classify that person? We haven't gotten there. You are, you are speaking to the truth in his heart already. This is a man who is blameless. Uprightly. He's blameless. Are you following what I'm talking about? Listen to me now. That's, that's a man, yes, my sister was right, fears God. But that's a man who is blameless. That's exactly what we are told about Job. Before we go back here again, read me Job 1 1, please. Job 1 1. Yes. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. He was blameless and upright because of what? Because he had the fear of God. He had to depart from evil force. That is exactly what he's trying to... We get to it now and we go to New Testament to see exactly what he's showing us concerning the fear of the Lord. This is a person who actually is willing desires to enter the rest of God. Read me Psalm 34, 11 to 14, please. Psalm 34, 11 to 14. Yes. Come, you children, listen to me. Mm -hmm. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Mm. Who is the man who desires life and lost many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Depart from Seek evil. peace and pursue depart it. Depart from evil. Depart from any and all evil. It's not enough to depart from evil. You must depart from an appearance of evil. Please listen to me carefully right now. You have to, must depart from the appearance of evil. So who is this man? This is the man who without the necessity of questioning, disputing an argument, Okay, accepts the foundation of God. He doesn't dispute. He accepts why even, you know, our brother Aki was just talking about it here. He's all and all. That's God. When the person accepts the foundation of God without argument, without dispute, without strife, you know, the scripture told us one thing. He said, woe unto him. Where is that? Isaiah 45, 9. Isaiah 45, 9. Yes. Woe to him who strives with his maker. Let the poor shepherd strive with the poor of the earth. Shall the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? Or shall your handiwork say, He has no hands. He has no hands. That individual who is willing to accept, This is the foundation of God. I don't have to question it. I move on. Go into it. That's the int but what is that foundation of God? Let's look at it from this point of view. He told us one thing, that the stone that the builders have what? Right. Matthew 21, please. Give me 42 and 45. 44. Matthew 21, 42 and 44. Yes, sir. Matthew 21, 42 and then 44. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Verse 44. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. 
but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Whoever falls on this foundation will be broken. And when he's broken, he'll be patched again. And he will live and continue. But whoever this foundation falls on, then that person will be grinded to powder. There's nothing that will live. The reason being that the foundation that God laid all the way from Genesis, please remember, it has never changed. When God created man, Adam and Eve, what did he tell them? He said, you can do all this, but what? But there's something you could not do. Okay? That which is not good before my eyes, don't do it. And that's the way it is all the way down the line. And now the people of this world, the body of Christ, you know, we just, we just want to change it. We say it's okay. God understands. Go and do whatever you want to do. But, you see, the foundation... That individual must accept that foundation. And that foundation is the word that was with him. Read me John, please, 1, 1 to 5. John 1, 1 to 5. Yes. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Mm -hmm. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not comprehend it. It's talking about Jesus Christ. That is why the scripture also told us, you know one thing, there is no other foundation that anyone can lay. Not Pope, not Bishop, not Archbishop, not, uh, what do you call it, my brother? General Overseers. Whatever you want to be, you be. No other foundation that anybody should have allowed or to follow, except that which is laid. Read me 1 Corinthians 3.11, please. 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, mm -hmm. which is Jesus Christ. Which is Jesus Christ. That's the foundation that God had brought and laid unto us and showed an example how to deal with it. We're moving on right now. This individual who desires... Are, you, are, we, are, you, are we all together? This individual who desires to see God must be one, number one, I said what, that accepts without quarrel, without argument, what? The foundation that God has laid. And that foundation is what? Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ tells you to do what? Depart from anything that is evil. Let's forget it. Number two, that individual must no longer lay, listen to me, the foundation of repentance from dead works. Are we all together? This is going to be a... <laughs> Okay. This individual who desires to perfect his fear of God, number one, must be someone without argument, without anything, except what? The foundation God has laid. And not the foundation of a Meko Zurumba or any human being on this earth. The foundation is laid from the beginning because God cannot change. In Malachi 6, 3, he said, you know one thing, I am really God. 3, 6, I'm sorry. Malachi 3, 6. I am God, and I do not what? Change. I do not change. There is no other way anyone can do it. The second one, when you accept what? The foundation of God is that you do not anymore lay foundation of repentance from dead works anymore. Anyone who continues in sin, and continue to lay the foundation of repentance is obviously had not seen God. And that individual has a long way to go. He's not building on the foundation of that. Read me, please. Hebrews 6.1. 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 Hebrews 6.
Hebrews 6, 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Not laying again the foundation. It makes us rumba. You cannot say that God has now taught you and I've called you and drawn you to come to him. And I'm still the way I used to be. Then, obviously, I'm lying. You know what? I'm deceiving myself. I can deceive everybody in this, on this, in this room right now and deceive people online. But can I deceive God? I cannot. Whatever you do is only between you and that God. No matter how anybody pretends about it. So he said, don't lay that foundation anymore. Because when you lay that foundation, why? Is he saying don't lay that foundation anymore? The person to find the dog. Thank you very much, Pastor Godwin. But why? I know. Why is he say don't lay it anymore? Because the individual, remember yesterday, now, sorry, last Thursday I told you what the Lord told me, that I have robbed myself of what? Any defense. How can I defend myself before God anymore that I have an excuse? I don't know. That's exactly what he told the woman that was caught in adultery. Remember? John 8, 11 says, woman, look, no matter what, I don't condemn you. But I'm not condoning what you did, woman. But you know one thing, from now on, you go and see no more. And that's why the Bible told us, read me 2 Corinthians, please, 7, 10. 2 Corinthians 7, 10. Yes. For godly sorrow, walketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. Exactly. For godly sorrow, I am sorry, my mother. I am sorry, my father. I'm sorry. Those of you who are parents. This thing I did is wrong. I am truly sorry. The only way that I can truly say I'm sorry, the only demonstration that I'm sorry, is that I don't go doing it again. If I go do it again, I was not sorry from the beginning. Are you, are you, are you all following what I'm talking about? There's a seriousness that we have to be attached right now in it. So that's why I said godly sorrow Walk it that you don't repent. So we don't lay that foundation of repentance one more time. Because if we do, then we have abused and insulted the spirit of grace. We don't do that. So now, how does one, let me put it this way. What kind of foundation is, we said, okay, the foundation of God stands what? Okay, it stands sure. What is that foundation? Know what? <laughs> the same thing that the Ptolemy, everybody is talking about all the way from Genesis. Anyone who wants to see God, wants to have a relationship with God, depart from iniquity. Give me 2 Timothy, please, 2.19. 2 Timothy 2.19. Yes, sir. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of God Christ, depart from iniquity. Let everyone who knows the name of Christ depart from any and all iniquities. That is the key. That's the only foundation you can build on. If you truly want to be born again of God, or you want to see God, or have anything to do with God and perfecting God, then you see the Spirit of God coming and doing wonders in you. I know we're going to answer the question because somebody asked, is this, is this possible? Is this not possible? Let's we deal with that. Okay? That's what we need to prepare all this before that. But then you see, that is, he's saying, don't lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works. How does one avoid that? 
Number one, whoever wants to avoid that must never be a partaker of any more evil. No matter how it is. I'm not talking about that. Some of them, you know, you know, we human beings are very funny. Sometimes we see some evil things. We say, well, maybe God didn't notice it. Because it is so minor. Some lies are so minor, inconsequential, and in fact, they, they call it probably what? Harmless. I don't know how evil can be harmless. It's not possible. Anything that is not of God is a reproach unto him. It cannot be harmless. So, departing from evil means this. That whatever it is that actually is evil, don't be a partaker. If you be a partaker, then you are not of God at all. But it's not only that also. Not being a partaker is not enough. You must also not have fellowship with partakers of evil. No matter the color, no matter how the appearance may be, you should never. Read me, please, Ephesians 5, 1 to 17. Ephesians 5, 1 to 17. Yes. Therefore, be imitators of God as their children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Mm -hmm. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Mm -hmm. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful... No, no, stop right there. Have no fellowship with the fruitful works of darkness, no matter whatever it is. Do not run with them, do not partake with them, do not share with them. Are we, are we all here right now? Most of us still, we, every time we, oh yeah, we are born again, we are Christians, but we still associate and do whatever it may be. Then let me also tell you that it's not only fellowship, do not associate. What do I mean by association? Can anybody tell me why? Do you know you are whom you associate with? No, I mean, let's, let's face the fact. If my friend is a thief, and every time I'm just going about with that thief. When people see me, they will conclude. Any appearance of evil, stay away from it. Are you, all, are you with me here? So that is why I said, when you have fellowship, that's why, what scripture was that? 1 Corinthians 15, 33, please. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Yes. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It corrupts good habits. You see, if you don't want to get fleas, then stay away from dogs. And that, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's the way you get it. It's almost like you have a friend who like indulges in something that is not proper. You say, oh, no, I'm strong. I'm going to do it. 
I will be able to keep out of it. Be careful. You may not be able to keep out of it. So that is a summary of that number one. The person who accepts the foundation of God without question. We say that already. The individual who does no, no more lay a foundation of repentance from dead works. That's the two. And then it is not enough that you're not a partaker of evil. You must condemn. You must expose. You must reprove. You must correct evil with love. Listen to me carefully, please. With love. You must do that with love. If you do with bitterness, you are guilty. Or with malice. Read me second Timothy please 2, 24 to 26. Second Timothy 2, 22 to 26. I didn't say 26, 24. 24, sorry, to 26. And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. In humility. Correcting. Please listen to me. In humility. Because the whole thing is actually your heart. God is judging. Whatever you say. You know, whenever you say anything that people say, Oh no, it's judgmental. You are judging me. You are condemning me. No. It is what actually operating in your heart. If you are doing it because you feel you are self-righteous. You know something. And you are doing it outrightly out of malice. That is condemnation. God does not like that. Otherwise, you see, when Christ was talking about the Pharisees in Matthew 23, woe unto you, right? Pharisees, what you are doing is what? Wrong. Why was he doing it? To correct them? God bless you. He's giving them the opportunity. At that point, if one will accept the admonishment, what you do then is to repent. You can come back. Each and every time we meet here and the Lord is speaking to us in a way, it's an admonishment. It's a chance that no matter wherever you are at this point, you can still make what? You can turn unto him. Go on, please. In humility, correcting those who are in a position, if God perhaps will grant them repentance. If God, that's what you are trying to do. Correct them if God perhaps will grant them repentance. Yes? So that they may know the truth. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Having been taken captive by him to do give me please Second Timothy three sixteen. Second Timothy three sixteen. Yes. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, mm -hmm. for correction. For instruction in righteousness. For instruction in righteousness. That is why Ephesians 5.11 says. Ephesians 5.11. Yes. Ephesians 5.11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose, expose them. them. Then we are moving on right now. So who is this person? Who is this person? This is the person who actually wants to be truly born what? Again. A new creature unto God. It has to be completely a new creature. Information. I'm born again. Now the question is, and that's what we're going to do. That's a question right now. Somebody was asking this question, and many people have asked it anyway. Who can do this? Salafi is laughing. <laughs> Who is he that can do this? But that was not the end of the question. The person answered me a question and then killed himself. 
He said, who can do this? Then he said, I don't believe anybody can do it. In other words, you're asking a question. Why don't you let the question be answered before you turn around and kill yourself? Because already you have foreclosed that nobody can do it. But let me ask you, if you can use simple terminology, simple English, if I ask you this question, who can perfect his fear of God? What would you, what would you answer me? No one? Reverend, you are, you, are, you, are, you are right. But that's something I look at. I say, use simple, don't even worry. But so they say, who is it who, who can perfect his way? And the answer is this. Whoever wants to perfect his way. Do you know one thing? Most of all, listen to me. Listen to me carefully. In practicality. The reason why I don't want to stay out of evil is because I want to stay, stay in evil. Don't give me that. I mean, you know, if actually, do you know that there's something, some of us now, if we are so sick, and there's a diagnosis, something. I said, you see this thing you eat? This uh, a goosey soup or whatever. Or amala. You know, no, no. Okay, those are, those are lines. You may not understand what I'm talking about. Whatever it is. This thing you eat, you know one thing? This rice you eat all the time will kill you. Don't eat it anymore. Tell me what we'll do. We will stop. The God Almighty has given us free will and the ability to say, hey, enough of this if we are willing. And that's all he's looking for. Okay, if, if we are willing. So if somebody said, okay, who is this? I can, I can say, well, whoever wants to do it. Whoever God has given opportunity that wants to do it, can do it. If he wants to do it. Because it's God who is going to come and do something in your life if you are willing to allow him to come in and to do it. Are you following me now? But if I ask you this question, in the scriptures or in the Bible, can you think about a similar question that, it's not the same, but close to it. The question was asked Jesus Christ. The what? What? God bless you. It's not only what I was looking for is that, who, who, who can now be saved? That's exactly, right? Let me mark you, please. 18, 25 to 26. 18, 25 to 26. Yes. But as he was not able to pay his... 19, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry, Matthew sorry. 19. Yeah. Matthew 19, 25 to 26. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? That's exactly the question that I was asked. Who then can be saved? And the person who asked the question, God bless you, or the people who have been asking this question. But simply put, the individual or individuals do not understand what? Can anybody tell me? They do not understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God and the power of God Almighty. Otherwise, you will not ask that question. Who can do it? Go on, please. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With men. This has answered this question. Well, let's keep on going. With men, this is impossible. That's exactly what he told us. If you, if you, okay, let's, before even we get to that. Jesus Christ, this situation he was talking about who? The rich. 
Can you tell me what's the difference between us and that rich young, young ruler? Many of us. For many of us, who is actually better? The youth, the rich young ruler? All right, I'm asking you now. You guys want me to, the rich <laughs> We are? Senator, don't give me that illegal listen. We would think we are. I said one word. He said, are we or not? I mean, look at exactly, I want you to pick exactly what happened with the rich young man. Let's go to Luke 18. Let's go 18 to 27. Luke 18, 18 to 27. Yes. Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard those th these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful. For he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. My question. And the question that was asked me, Pastor Charles said that the rich young man is better. And I agree with him. And that's, 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 that's true. But why? Why? Huh? No, he doesn't know he likes one. The man doesn't know his accent. He thinks he doesn't, he doesn't even like it. Look at him. You know the question he asked? This one is different. He asked, what else do I like? In other words, he doesn't think that he has like anything. He did what? Can any of us confess that? The rich young man has passed a level that most of us are still struggling up to today. He has kept the commandment of God. Everything he has kept, whatever it is. You see? And most of us are still struggling. To even keep the commandments that God has given to us. Before we start talking about money, let's not get into that. I'm just saying, to even to keep the, what God, the foundation of God, fear me, depart from evil. Most of us are still struggling. The man said, you know one thing, I kept all that. After the way from evil. But can you tell me what actually the rich young man lacked? No. I know that because it's in the two keys. The book. It's in that book. But what actually, <laughs> what actually did he, was his problem? Let's not talk about money. I don't want to talk about, that's not what I'm talking about. What is his problem? What did he fail? He failed one simple test, which also God is telling us. That which God told him to do, he's not willing to do it. Okay, listen to me. It's not, it's not, I, don't worry about the money. The money is there. But that which God has told him, do this, 
He's not willing, like some of us. Depart from evil. We still do not want to do that. Are you, are, you, are you all with me here? That's the biggest problem. Instead of worrying about and thinking, most of us will analyze and say, okay, if I do this now, how am I going to eat tomorrow? But he forgot one thing, that even if I told you, even if I told you eat everything tomorrow, when you die, that there's nothing left. So that's one problem that was wrong. And for us, this man had gone beyond most of us because we're still struggling even to keep the commandments. How much more when the test comes and says, you know one thing, all you have, give it up. Now the issue is this. What actually the question, the person who asked also the question did not understand one thing. It's actually the power of the Holy Spirit in transforming. The Holy Spirit comes and he guides us. Read me John 16, 13, please. John 16, 13. Yes. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will guide you unto all truth, and the same spirit is the one that gives power. And unto those who are willing. It's God who goes ahead and does what? Gives the spirit, his spirit unto those who are willing to change their heart from the stony heart to the heart of flesh. Read me Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20, please. Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20. Yes. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, mm -hmm. and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments, and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. That's the promise of God unto those who have a broken heart and contrite spirit. If you are, God will not despise. He will come by himself. and do, Because he did that. Why, why did he do that? In 1 Samuel 9.10. 1 Samuel 9.10. Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. Mm -hmm. As they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, Is this here? here? And they answered them and said, Yes. There he is, just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to this city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. On the high place. Let's stop right there. On the high place. Now, read me first. Ask for Apostle, please, 1 8. Acts 1 8. Yes. And he said, sorry, but you shall receive power mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes, the one asking the question, when you allow God to come and his spirit to come inside you to do that which is impossible, that's exactly the conversation that Christ had with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. And Nicodemus said, how can anybody ever be born again? Read me John 3, 3, please. John 3, 3. Yes. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Give me verse 5 and 6. 
Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Mm -hmm. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Go on. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen mm-hmm. and you do not receive, do not receive our witness. Them. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? If I tell you heavenly things, the spirit of God works unto those who are willing to unreservedly surrender to his will and he will come. And it will take over. And one example I'm going to give because of the time we have right now is exactly what happened to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He asked, she asked something. Read me please Luke 1, 34 to 37. Luke 1, 34 to 37. Yes. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Mm -hmm. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Mm -hmm. For with God, nothing Nothing will be impossible. impossible. It is the scripture tells us one thing. That those who come to God, they must what? Reverend. Give me 11.6 Hebrews. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Yes. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But he must believe that God is and a rewarder. And how does he believe that God is? How does one believe in God? Okay. Read me John, please. 14.12. John 14.12. Yes. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. That's the only way. Belief is obedience. Without obedience, you don't believe in God. Remember when we went through this before, we said, faith is no faith. except you. There is nothing about God besides love and obeying him. He said, who believes in me? After all, he told us one thing, that if you think you believe, you have not done anything. Give me James 2.19, please. James 2.19. Yes. You believe that there is one God. Mm-hmm. You do well. Even the demons believe. Even the and devil believes and trembles. So what's the difference between me and the devil? Is implicit obedience. That's the only way I can show. I believe in God is to obey him. That's why also, you know, we say that faith without works is what? It's also dead. 
If we don't obey God, you say you have faith, it doesn't make sense. That's why in Romans 10, 17, right? It says faith comes what? So the faith comes by hearing and mm -hmm. hearing by the word of God. So remember the last time I asked you which one comes first? Hearing. And who is he who has heard? Matthew 7, 24 to 25, please. Matthew 7, 24 to 25. Yes. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Let's stop right there. Whoever hears these sayings of mine, not what you hear with your ear. You see, I'm talking spiritually. Whoever hears, the only way you can say, demonstrate, I have heard God, is that you do it. Go on. And does them. Yes? I will, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, mm -hmm. and the winds blew, and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. How was he founded on a rock? Huh? Because he doesn't obey. Read me Romans, please, 2.13. Romans 2.13. Yes. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, mm -hmm. but the doers of the law will be justified. James 1, 21 to 25. James 1, 21 to 25. Yes. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, mm. and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourself. I have had the word, but I don't do it. I deceive myself. I'm lying to myself. I'm not to God. I cannot deceive God. Are we, are we all there? But let's go in conclusion right now. We go back to our Blessed Virgin Mary. Can you anybody see what was the actual difference with the Blessed Virgin Mary? The question she asked was what? How can this be? Why? Because I'm a virgin. That's innocent. It's not there questioning how. It's not questioning God. He's saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a virgin. How is it going to happen? And then you know why he demonstrated that? The willingness. Read me 28. Where is that one? Yeah. Look, look one. Go to 28. And Luke 1, 28. Yes. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Okay, let's jump there and read me 38 and see our blessed Virgin Mary. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let, Let it, it be. be to me according to your word. That's a difference that I'm praying that all of us will get. This is the foundation of God. Lord, let it be unto me. Then you will see God because without that belief, without hanging on that, the Spirit of God would never have walked in her. Are you following what I'm talking about? If Mary had said, no, I don't believe in this one. I'm not going to do it. Or maybe wait, wait till tomorrow before it happens. Then God will go to somebody else. Are, are you all with me here now? He will go to somebody else. That is why 
Now let's think about this. Imagine this for all of us here and those online. Those who are always every week listening to this message and come to grip what God has done for us. If that will make you have tears, then go ahead and fall on that foundation and follow it. Because what else do we expect God that he has not done for us again? If you look at for us here and those online who have been listening to this, you know one thing? This God, out of his abundance of love, number one, he predestined us for you to be here listening to undiluted message. God predestined you to be conformed to his image. We read it already. That was Romans 8, right? 28 and 29. But he also appointed us to what? Eternal life. Let me ask for Apostle 1348, please. Acts 1348. I didn't say 40, 13. 1348. Yes, sir. Acts 13:48. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. As many as have been appointed to eternal life. Let me tell you, that's why I say it everywhere we, we went. That the message that you hear from here, or whenever the Lord has me, whenever he teaches through me, is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Only those who are desirous, only those who really want, no matter whatever it is, to pursue the truth and not look at any human being or take what any human being is telling them, but that which the Spirit of God is saying. If you look at how merciful this God is, not only that he appointed us to salvation, he then, he predestined us, what? To be conformed to his image. It's not only that, again, look at what the, the next thing he did. Remember he told us one thing. Read me John, please, 6. 44. No one can come to me unless, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. You see, there are four things now. No one can come. Not only that he predestined us, not only that he given us, he appointed us to salvation, he also had reached out to draw us. And not only drawing us, he's giving us what? The power. Give me John 1, 12, please. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, mm -hmm. to them he gave the power to become children of God. But then even after giving that power, which is not enough, except to do another thing, God has also gone to give us the power to have understanding of his mysteries, of what he's teaching us now. Read me Matthew 13, 11, please. Matthew 13, 11. Yes. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Now, imagine this. This is what I'm saying for all of us. I don't want to scare you. That the day comes when it is our turn to face the master. What excuse would the Mekos Rumba give the Lord? Is there anything he has not done for me that has not taught me to look at? Now, that's one thing that our Blessed Virgin Mary again said. He said, now how can this be because I know no man. Can I say that to God? How can this be, Lord, because I don't know the truth? Can any of us say that? How can this be because I don't know the truth? 
because he told us that if it had not even come, read me John 15, 22, please. John 15, 22. Yes. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had, they had, had not sinned. Mm -hmm. But now they have no cloak for their sin. I have no excuse. Read me Romans 1, <laughs> 17 to 21. Romans 1, 17 to 21. Yes. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Mm -hmm. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, the just shall live by faith. That the, we still understand how the just shall live by faith, right? I asked you last time, I said, which one comes? Just or faith? The just. I want everybody to know that. The just shall live by faith. It's the just who shall live by faith. Remember that when we go to Nigeria, <laughs> Pastor Charles, you know, people will be just, he just told him, I said, well, it shall be well with you. Everybody's jumping up and down. I said, please sit down. Before you get yourself crazy, you need to know that it is said, tell the righteous. We love the good one, but we don't like to see how to get it. Tell the righteous. But it tells us here. Go on, please. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Why? Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, mm -hmm. and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing no, that's all right. How did they not actually glorify God? The heart are darkened? Because actually what they received did not profit them, right? Where that was then? Hebrews 4.2. Read me from Hebrews 1 to, 1 to 2. Okay. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Oh. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Why didn't the word profit them? I know he says that. Why didn't the word profit, profit them? They didn't obey. They didn't obey. You see, then it comes back again that faith is what? God bless you. I mean, that's just a whole thing. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. Ancient of days, there is none like you, Lord. Oh, my God, my Father. My heart. Father, please help us. We have no more excuse, mighty God, who is in heaven. What did we give? What did we do? What did we pay to deserve all this? You've been teaching us by yourself that no man should ever share in your glory whatsoever the mysteries of your kingdom. We thank you so very much, Lord. And Father, I know the way to appreciate you is to do your will. That's the only way to appreciate you, my God. Give us that spirit and heart to always seek to do your will and to appreciate you. We are very grateful this evening. 
and pray you, Lord, for that heart of transformation, please give it to us. We need to be perfect in fear of you by departing from any and all evil deeds, no matter whatever it may be. Receive all the glory this very evening and forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we are prayed. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.